having a communications document is so useful, even if it's like two pages with some bullet point agreements about what types of communication is happening where. You might be somebody that's like, I want all communication related to any tasks and projects to be happening in the project management system. You might be like, hey, we do this on Slack or we do this in email and you know, we do this in the project management system. You know, whatever it is, it's fine. But just having an agreement, because I've I've come across so many people that are like, I have messages in Facebook Messenger and some are Voxer and some are in my text messages and some are in my email. And it's like you're literally gonna have things falling through the cracks all the time. And it goes a little uh, you like stop. Collaborate and listen. Julie's here with a brand new invention. This podcast grabs a hold of you tightly. Push the play button, listen to it daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Push subscribe and let's go. Hi, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Today, I'm bringing you my friend, Justine Patanchis. I was lucky enough to meet Justine about this time last year. She partnered with the International Association of Online Business Managers and brought together a program teaching certified OBMs how to offer system setup packages in their business. And immediately I was as blown away by her beautiful soul and presence as I was about her immense understanding of creating systems in seven and eight figure businesses. So I wanted to bring her here today to not only talk about how she supports business owners at that level, setting up systems in their business and what that looks like, but also to talk to us about if you're not at that level, how do you start to begin documenting systems and processes in your business? A little about Justine. She's worked for 17 years with nonprofits, small business owners, startups that went public, and eight-figure businesses alike to equip individuals and teams with better functioning systems and workflow to improve productivity. She started as an inbound marketing consultant at HubSpot and ran the digital marketing team at Spartan Race for three years. She started consulting eight years ago and has worked directly with over 80 businesses to improve their operations. Along with being a certified OBM for seven years, Justine graduated magna cum laude from Simmons University with a BS in business management and a concentration in leadership. I hope that you love this time that you spend with Justine today as much as I did. And here's the show. And one quick note before you go, sometime during this interview, my podcast mic failed. And so the sound is coming through my headphone mic. Hashtag real life. It happens. So on to the show. Everybody, welcome back to the show. And I'm here today with Justine Patanchis. And she, I know you've heard in the intro, but it's a long anticipated. And really, I've gotten some feedback of people very excited for this episode. So welcome, Justine. Thank you so much, Julie. It's so great to be here and just to be able to lean in and jam on systems conversations. It's like, just something I feel like so many of us need and benefit from. And and so if I can drop in some nuggets that are useful for everyone who's listening in, just um, really happy to be penetrating your earwaves today and (laughs) excited for the conversation. I love it. And you know, there's nothing better than two OBMs like nerding out over systems talk for sure. I would love for you if you would share in your own words a little bit about your journey and, you know, feel free to start whether that's starting when you came into the online business world or before that, we'd like to know how you got here. Yeah. So I think a great place to start is uh, I come from seven generations of engineers on my dad's side, Hungarian engineers specifically. And I was the first grandkid. And, you know, felt a lot of pressure, but ultimately I was like, you know, I really don't want to get an engineering degree, but I have a very engineering mindset. Yeah. And I like to know how things work. I like to take things apart. I was like that Lego kid, you know, like 
can I have a Lego castle for Christmas? I want to like put things <laughs> together and like, I want to look at blueprints and I want to count all the pieces and make sure everything's there and like put something together that will like work and be awesome. So I think, you know, you can not have an engineering degree, but still you can't really take the engineer from out of the engineering family. Right. And so where I landed from that is, you know, I really like business and I really honestly, like I got into business because I was like, okay, if you want to change the world, business is a great way to do it. You can do anything. You can create something new. You can reach people. You can change people's minds. You can have influence with your dollars. You can vote with your dollars. You can vote with your feet. Like there's so many things that business offers. And so I kind of put the two of those together and, you know, I'm, I'm very much a, I like to see amazing ideas come to life. That's always the thing that inspires me to work with people is when I see their vision and I'm like, yes, I want that to be in the world. And so I get to help to bring that to life. And so, you know, I, I, as probably many people in their careers, it's like kind of a, a circuitous route to get to the current place. And after working at three desk jobs and like working for nonprofits and corporations, I got to a place where I was like, you know what, this whole office thing really isn't working for me. Like I got every single dream job I wanted and quit every single one. And I was like, wait a second, like I see there's a pattern here. The office doesn't work for me. And so in almost 10 years ago, I went off on my own and worked my way into, okay, this is what I really love to do for people. This is how I really like to show up at their business. And, and I think, you know, that's always an evolving, you know, I don't see myself in a static place. I see myself as always adding additional skills, growing personal growth and development is really, really important to me. I think, you know, we always have the opportunity to grow our impetus is to grow. Like we're, our blueprint is to grow. And so I think, you know, I am certainly not, I think, ever going to stay static in, in how I show up. But it's cool to have put a lot of the pieces together and those pieces being like permaculture, understanding ecosystems, looking at things like live systems, and bringing that mindset into any of the businesses that I work with in order to help them improve the way that they operate and so that they can reach their goals most effectively with the teams that they have. And I think one of my strong skill sets is like a skill that I call team ability. And when I think of team ability, you know, there's just some kind of like, you know, when you add like grease to a wheel and the wheel spins more smoothly, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I show up into teams. It's like you throw me in with a group of people and things are just going to work better. And part of that is a systems mindset. And part of that is just, you know, I, I recognize at this point that I'm just a buoyant personality that brings energy to the table. And so things just get done more reliably because everyone's like, Ooh, we just got like kind of an energetic shot in the arm. So let's (laughs) let's go get this thing done. Anyway. No, I could totally see that. And I already have so many notes started here for things that I want to ask you, but first, could you tell us a little bit more about what currently you're doing now and offering in the online business space? Yes. So one of like the thing that I love to do is to help businesses that are at a certain point in their growth, ensure that their systems are well-documented and that there is clarity as to how and who is owning all of the pieces in the system. And so the way that I do that is I, I come in, I work with teams for a minimum of three months and depending on the length of the the retainer, help them ensure that all of their core day-to-day operations are documented, well-organized, that there's a system for keeping that all of that documentation up to date, that it's very clear which role in the business owns which processes in order for the business to operate smoothly on a day-to-day basis. I sometimes help them clarify who's owning what and what the job descriptions are for each of the roles. It often involves creating like a large-scale operations manual to ensure that the team is operating from the same platform of understanding, both from a values and cultural standpoint, but also what are the expectations of how people show up to be on the team. There's a communications 
handbook that goes along with that. And then we sit down and, you know, we'll tool some of the processes that might be causing some blockages in the way that energy is flowing through the business system. And then also ensure that there are clear policies, whether they're internal or externally facing for the business. And so it's really just coming in and shoring up all of these important foundational components that allow the business and the team to to do what they do best and not have friction in the system in preventing them from growing as much as they want to grow or operating as effectively as they want to operate. I love it. And currently, can can you tell us about the clients that you work with, sort of what they look like? And that could be revenue-wise, that could be the size of their business, like in terms of the size of the team, or perhaps their goals, like if they are wanting to set these systems in place to amplify their mission, if they want to prepare for a sale. And then as a secondary question, I'm wondering if you always worked with this type of entrepreneur. I know for us, like ideal clients always evolve, but in terms of what the business looked like, because certainly I think there's a need for all businesses really, but businesses at every level to set a certain amount of systems in place. And so did you always have this sweet spot, I guess, is what I'm wondering with this type of client, or has that also grown and evolved as you've worked with more people? I definitely found my way into this sweet spot. The businesses, the types of clients that I work with are generally from a team perspective, at least five team members, I find is is generally the minimum place where I, I find myself often revenue wise, well over the seven figure mark and growing. But I would say the thing that's that's specific about these clients is they know their business model. They know who they're working with. They know their marketing. They know their sales. Like there's not a lot of stuff that's changing in the business. They're not trying to figure it out. They're not trying to figure out product market fit. I mean, of course they may be, you know, creating new offerings and you know expanding the reach of the business and all of that. But at the core, they have the core product or offering set and they're just in repeat and grow mode with all of those pieces. Because yeah, systems, you're you're gonna need to do stuff with the systems and it's gonna be different based on the stage of the business and the point of growth that it's at. This particular service that I offer is one that is really only relevant when there's not a lot of ongoing change in the systems, right? Because if you take a bunch of time and you put things into writing, and you know, I think it's very useful to start that early and, and build upon it. It doesn't make sense to go into a business and document everything if all of a sudden, six months later, it's like the way that you know money is taken into the business, the way that things are sold, what's sold, you know, if all that's going to change in six months, you know, that's not actually a good fit for for the business. It's not a good investment for them. So they really have to be at a place of a certain level of stability in terms of the offerings and where the business is at for, for this to be a good business decision for them. And it's definitely changed over time. You know, I, I did a lot of the actual system creation, like coming up with things and changing them and changing them again and working with businesses that were really, you know, getting off the ground, you know, more in the first like $500,000, maybe for $700,000 in annual revenue mm-hmm. and figuring it out with them. I did that for a long time. And, and I think that particular, you know, it evolves to a place where you can look at things and go, okay, this is going to work, or this isn't going to work because at least for me, I'm coming with well over a decade of experience working with lots of different kinds of, of businesses of all sorts of sizes, everything from, you know, pre IPO businesses, startups, nonprofits, corporations, like solopreneurs, like I've done all sorts of types of, of internal business work. And so once you've been around the block a bunch of times, it's just, you can see how things are working or not working pretty quickly without having to dig too deeply in because you just see how all the pieces fit together and where the kinks are. So, and I would say specifically the, the kinds of businesses that I usually work with are online, mostly online in nature. They have remote teams they might be preparing for a sale. They might be ready to hire a bunch of new team members on and they want to ensure a certain level of stability in what they're doing. They might just be like, 
I've really been meaning to get an operations manual and everything documented for like five or six years and haven't done it yet. And uh, I recognize that, you know, if a key team member or two were to walk off, like I'd be a bit screwed without having this stuff set up and in a place where it's codified and more than one person knows how to do it. And, you know, this is how I can train more people in, in the marketing or the, or in the sales of how the business operates. And so it ends up being a training tool, peace of mind, and especially for businesses that are getting ready to sell, it's it's a really great way to show that the business asset is secure and that everybody on the team knows how to do what they need to do for the business to continue to provide the level of value that matches, you know, what the sale price of the business is going to be. So for me, I, I like education. I like businesses that are serving the, the world in a way, bringing pioneering types of services or offerings or education to the world. And yeah, I find that most of them are, are either service or educationally oriented because education is, is such a passion of mine. So yeah. um, I, I find that I, I tend to align with, with businesses that are on educational missions, even if they're not like a school per se. Right. And I do think I recall, tell me if I'm wrong, on your intake form, when, before you meet with people, do you have a question that really helps align and identify if those are your ideal people that you would like to work with based on if they have a mission-based business and what their values are around that? Yeah. I just say, tell me the why of what you do. Mm-hmm. What do you do and why do you do it? From that responses to that, I can tell instantaneously if it's like, Ooh, I want to have a conversation with them. You know, even if they're made, even if I look at the intake and I'm like, I don't know if they're quite in a place where what I offer is a good fit for them. I might still just want to talk to them to understand. I could still offer value in a conversation and point them in a, in a good direction. Even, even if it's not working with me, it's always really great to connect with business owners who are inspired by what they do. And are, I would say there's a level of intrinsic motivation to why they show up and do what they do on any day. Definitely. I find that the more aligned somebody is with that mission, those values, it makes things a lot less rocky because you never, you know, we all go through ups and downs in business, but if you really know what you're doing and why you're doing it, it just seems like there's a lot less mind chatter or internal drama around the the ups and downs, right? Because you're like, all right, well, this didn't work. But we know this is still our mission. So let's get refocused and, and you know, look at it from another angle. Yeah, it propels. The, the energy continues to propel everything forward when there's, you know, you can tell when, there, when there's that level of commitment to something. You know, it's not just a flighty, like a flash in the pan kind of moment, but it's like, the, no, this is something that is sticking and, you know, I'm, I'm committed to the life force energy being continuously applied in that direction. Yes. So when you think about working with someone at your level, so if somebody has sort of the the business that you talked about and they think that they might be ready to have someone come in or long overdue to have someone come in and help them sort out their systems, you talked about the packages being a minimum of three months. I know sometimes that goes longer, especially depending on the size of the business, could go substantially longer if everybody was still having a good time working together. Could you speak a little bit about what you're doing for these businesses, what they can look at as a starting range of prices if they're trying to find someone to help them get their systems in place the way that you do? Yeah, so I find for this work, the starting range is right around $12,000 USD. For anybody who might be outside of the, the United States, find that that 12K for three months is a really great starting point. It can, it can expand from there in terms of you know, are there other ways, like potential other types of value that I could offer somebody or somebody doing this kind of work could offer somebody? It can definitely like 12 to 15K, I think is a really great starting point. And then, yes, I do find that a lot of these packages will go longer. Six to nine months is like generally where things land for the work that I've done with previous clients in terms of like, once the project is completely wrapped, like six to nine months is is usually a good, good pinpointed amount of time. And so that generally means the investment in total 
is right around 36K. So anywhere from 25 to 36K is, is a pretty good range in terms of the business investment. And you know, ultimately, they're left with clear ways that the company and the business and the team operates. There's agreement to how every team member is going to show up, how they're going to communicate and execute their work, what work is being done at what cadence. It's just like a really great ongoing conversation to ensure that everybody understands explicitly what's expected of them and what it takes to really have the business work smoothly. And then at the end, you know, there are these great business documents, which reflect all of that work and those conversations that can be used for all sorts of ongoing value creation, continuing for hiring, for training, for retraining, for, you know, the onboarding processes, for ensuring everybody is adhering to certain levels of standards and and the ways that they operate and get things done. And then also, again, that peace of mind, just, you know, if somebody were to say, okay, I've decided that I found my life calling and, uh, you know, I'm going to wrap things up in two weeks. You're not scrambling to be like, okay, they do like a significant amount of work. What am I going to do? And, and ultimately, you know, all of that's been put on paper, videotaped, you know, video walkthroughs, all of that good stuff. So it, and it's well-organized and categorized so that it's, it's easy, easy to hand that to somebody else if need be. And the operations that like on the ground business operations person that works with the clients that I work with has a system to keep everything updated with not a lot of heavy lifting, which I think is also really important because it's one thing to build a system and build all of this, but it's another thing to just like build and have it set on a shelf. And that's not the point of the work. The point of the work is for it to be, I would say, a a tool of attunement and recommitment to the business and ensure that everybody is showing up at the level that they need to be. And sometimes this work, you know, has people get to a point where they get fired. I mean, that actually happens quite frequently that at least one person gets, gets let go of um, because it's clear that they're just not on the bus. They're not on the right seat. They're not on the bus. And through the work, they actually get to bring on more aligned team members. I'm not doing that hiring directly, but it, it often shows where there might be somebody that is on the team who's out of alignment. And it moves that process along, which I think is also really helpful because people not in the right fit, like just cause all sorts of issues with team morale, lost productivity. Maybe I can go grab a stat at some point and and send it over and we can like plug it in. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just know it's, it's a massive issue and a wrong hire. I think a wrong hire can end up costing like three X the amount of the salary that they make. That's amazing. You're like speaking my passion language because I think, you know, in a different part of the team culture and the process, I'm really passionate about educating people about hiring, which is, you know, the whole like purpose of this season. And especially for first hires, but not always, just there are people that move very fast in business and they're like, okay, you'd be great. Let's bring you on. But they're not considering a lot of other factors. But number one being, is this person aligned with your vision and values? And that's not even taking into account like personality and that type of thing. And I wish people had a better view when they were just starting out or as their business is growing, how critical that hiring piece is and finding someone who is a good fit for all the aspects of your business, because you're ultimately going to spend so much time and energy, not just while they're on the team, but then potentially replacing them and that kind of chaos that can ensue around that. It's, it's really such an important topic. I'd be really curious to hear where you land on this. Do you hire for culture? Do you hire for skill set? And this is like one of those back and forth questions. I think the answer is incredibly obvious, but I'm I'm like curious what you've come across with your hiring passions. I 100% hire for culture. And I feel like with the systems you have in place and the training, you can train someone how to use a system. You can, especially if they have a core skill set. I mean, it gets a it can get trickier the more and more specific the job is, right? 
I still would advise people to err on the side of somebody who's a team fit and we can teach them what we want them to know is always going to go a lot further than hiring somebody that's a questionable fit, but maybe has the skills. Yeah. Cause ultimately, I mean, you spend a lot of time with the people you work with. You want it to be a harmonious, positive, generative, at least for me, I seek to have environments where the members on the team are very like self-directed and they don't need micromanaging or handholding and they know what they need to do when they do it. And of course there's open lines of communication that allow for a lot of question asking and support if, if needed, but mostly like the teams that I work on, people are just left alone to do their jobs effectively. And, you know, that doesn't mean that there's not connection and like people coming together to support each other, but it's really nice when, you know, you work with operationally effective humans that you don't have to chase around all the time. <laughs> yes. Makes a huge difference. I know you touched on, you know, systems. Like if you just build a system or you build these standard operating procedures, these SOPs as we call them, and then sort of put them in the closet and never use them. I try to leave my entrepreneurs with a system where they're living documents and there's touch points where we're revisiting them. And you so eloquently talked about all the ways that you can use these, you know, these systems and these documents. I'm wondering for somebody who is maybe not ready to have somebody come in and really do this documenting and overhaul their system. So maybe the people that you worked with that are in that multi-six figure range. If you got on a call with them and you think, well, they're maybe not quite ready for what I do, where do you point them? Like what directions do you point them? For them, I encourage just to get the core business pieces documented. They can do it internally, whether that's like having kind of a blitz day and just creating a bunch of stuff and making it a small team retreat and getting it done. Or, you know, maybe they're the kind of team that's like, okay, we're going to do one thing a week for an hour at this time and just chip away at it until it's done, you know, just get something on paper and start to start to document the systems that, you know, aren't changing. Like often a great place to start with that is delivery of the product or service and the sales aspect of it. Those I find are the the first two that are really solid. And obviously anything that relates to money management, money coming in, money going out, accounts receivable, accounts payable, taxes, especially payroll, anything related to the team in that way, those are the kind of the core systems. Without those, like things fall apart really quickly, especially if you know you say you're going to do something for a customer or client and then you're not doing it effectively or you know in the way that it was promised, that's obviously going to cause a lot of issues. So those are the ones that I recommend doing first. And you're just deciding if they're going to capture their systems and kind of step-by-step, if they're going to put it into their project management system, if they're using ClickUp or Asana, maybe there's somebody who really likes systems like Process Street. Whatever's working for the team members' brains, is really it's really important to just get something and start putting stuff in it. And then you can be surprised even within six months if you're putting a little bit of effort in that direction. Like, cool, we like actually created some stuff that's that's super useful. Also, a really great thing to do is just if you're getting ready to hire a new role, like sit down and be really clear about what that person's owning. No, no wishy-washy. I think they're gonna handle this couple of things. Like, no, make it concrete, make it explicit. You know, they're gonna come in, these are the number of hours, this is what's expected in the hours, these are the tasks they own, these are the the outcomes they own. And okay, if we need to create some documentation for them to train them, let's get it done. Like sometimes it's really nice to be like, we're doing this for this purpose. We're creating these documents so that we can have a better onboarding and training experience for this new role that we've created. So it's kind of like, if you have a deadline and you have something that's needed for the deadline, that can also be really useful. So I know those are like three different recommendations, but I think, you know, every business is a little bit different and what works for them and what's motivating and how they operate differs. And so I think it's nice to have some choose your own adventure options. I think so too. And also what I see sometimes is somebody hires and 
like you said, it's not concrete, either what they're doing and especially the outcomes, how you can tell if that position is successful or not for the business. And people really want to show up and do a good job. And it's going to generate a lot of frustration for on everybody's part. But for the person who's like, I want to show up and do a good job. And I don't know how to do that for you because I might be getting new tasks every week thrown at me that I don't know how to accomplish because there's not even, because sometimes you can, you can Google things and, or you can look up systems training so you can figure out how to use a system, but how to do it in the way that the business owner would like you to achieve that task. If that's not clear and there's a lot of back and forth, it just causes unnecessary frustration on everyone's part because people are really, they're trying to do a good job. I, I very rarely would come across somebody that's, that's not, that's just phoning it in, you know, but if they don't know, if they don't have the map, how to get there, then they're just going to end up frustrated and either leave. And then you're like, I don't know why, (laughs) you know, you can have that common denominator, right? Like if you hire people and they are leaving then you know that maybe where you need to look. But also, once you go through the process of finding to hire somebody you think you want to work with, retaining that person becomes really important because you're spending time and energy, you know, getting them up to to speed on your systems and you want to have them stay long-term. And that's definitely a big key in happiness, I think. Yeah, 100%. You know, and to add on to that, for businesses that are still figuring things out to a certain extent, having a communications document is so useful. Even if it's like two pages with some bullet point agreements about what types of communication is happening where, you might be somebody that's like, I want all communication related to any tasks and projects to be happening in the project management system. You might be like, hey, we do this on Slack, but we do this in email. And you know, we do this in the project management system. You know, whatever it is, it's fine. But just having an agreement, because I've I've come across so many people that are like, I have messages in Facebook Messenger and some <laughs> Voxer and some are in my text messages and some are in my email. And it's, it's like you're literally gonna have things falling through the cracks all the time because you haven't defined what channels are used for what purposes. And you know, I find that the business owners themselves can be like the worst perpetual. <laughs> of these things as anybody right. what happens like they're so often they're they're high quick start kind of people and they go into an app and then they're like oh wait I meant to tell you know my team member Sandy that you know I need her to do this thing and so they're just gonna send it wherever they are unless they like build it's the dis- so true to to stick with the agreement which is why it's so important to sit down as a team and and make those communication flows explicit. So, because that's just like a lot of wasted energy and ultimately a lot of wasted dollars that the business could be funneling in other more productive directions. It is. And don't, if you're listening to this and that's you don't feel bad because I think it's one of the most common things that I see when I come into a business, whatever stage they're at, there are tasks and communication everywhere like you said, they're in the DMs, they're in the Voxer, they're in just every place you can imagine to have tasks assigned, communication about all sorts of different things. And then trying to chase those down is, it's very challenging. So don't feel bad at all. Like if that's where you're starting and also it's something to think about that you could really make big improvements by focusing on that area. Yes, absolutely. It's like, see where you are and commit to improving if improvement is needed and just know that, you know, we all get to the place that we are by the path that, that we're taking and like the path is good. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being where you are in your path. And at any point we can see something we didn't see before and choose to have a different action. Or I've been saying a lot, I got this um, quote out of a, a yoga book that I'm reading by Sadhguru. He says, my responsibility is limitless. Like, yes, my response is limitless. So I think that's a a great thing that we can keep in mind, regardless of where we are on our paths is we've got limitless ability to respond at any moment, the information that's coming. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, and maybe it sounds like for your clients too, what I would always want to communicate when people like before they get on a call with me is sometimes I get on calls with people and they're very 
embarrassed and or ashamed about just where their systems are at. And I have no judgment at all about any of it. I'm, I think the celebration of business in general, because as you were talking about your love of business before, I can, I definitely relate. I feel like it's magic that people can have these ideas and desires and missions to show up and serve in a certain way. And then they create it like poof, it's created and they have their computer and they have their brain and, you know, this whole amazing thing blossoms from it. And so I'm not coming in thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe they don't have this going on. You know, there are people who have multi-six figure businesses and no project management system, no communication systems. And that's all right. It's just a, you know, it's a, we can look at that and then we can start plugging those things in to create that foundation and growth. But I think I speak for the industry as a whole, at least anybody I've connected with, that there's no judgment. When you're coming to somebody who's building these systems, I would say, don't feel bad. Don't feel embarrassed. Like we're just going to look at where you're at and we're going to take you to where you want to go. Exactly. Yeah. There's, I've had the same experience. Like, oh my gosh, you're just going to like, you're going to come in and you're going to look at my Google drive and eh, that looks terrible. And you know, don't judge. Like I've had people say, don't judge us. You know, you're going to look at my project management system. Don't judge us. We have so much work to do. We have so much, you know, farther to go. And I'm like, wherever you is, is totally cool. You know, there's, there's no judgment. You've literally built something that hasn't been created before. That's incredible. There's no reason to have shame or embarrassment about the state of things. And it's like any, any journey with any activity, whether, you know, you're trying to improve maybe a health problem that you've been experiencing or, you know, trying to improve the communication with your family or, you know, whatever it is, there's no need to carry around extra heaviness, you know, bringing a level of awareness and also, Hey, I desire this thing. Here's where I am. If I want to get to this place, then, you know, I'm going to have to make some changes or add some things or build some things or delete some things. And, you know, there's no reason to bring like additional emotional heaviness or like, like self-deprecation around it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Very much found the same, the same thing. And, the, and it's always the same conversation. It's like, literally don't worry. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's fine. You know, like we're here to make improvements. Right. I am not behind your back, rolling my eyes or doing the heavy sigh at all. Like it's just, if anything, it is because of maybe how we work. And I don't know, you can tell me if this is like you too, that if things are a little extra messy, I kind of twinkle my fingers together and go hee hee because it's fun. I'm like, oh, it's going to be really fun because it's going to make such an impact on the back end. And I'm like, I know I can really impact this system or this project and help it run so smoothly that it's just like extra satisfaction if it's a little (laughs) more messy. It's like the messier it is, the more lower hanging fruit is going to be around. Like both for anybody coming in, like, you know, I know you're talking to a lot of people about different value added hiring decisions or investments that can be made into businesses to improve them. But it's a, it's a win-win for, for both the business owner and anybody who's coming in to support because it's just like, all right, let's, let's grab that lower hanging fruit. Let's grab it and get to a place where then, you know, there's like, you have to start getting ladders to get the fruit in the, in the higher branches. Right. But that also means that the business is, is getting farther along also. So it's just a great, everyone can continue to challenge themselves as the growth happens. For sure. I wonder if I ever talked to Marie Kondo, maybe I would ask her, like, do you get really extra excited when you go into a house that like needs you more than another? <laughs> like, I guess Marie Kondo walked into somebody who, who is like super minimalist and maybe they only have a hundred items. I don't know. That might be even extra interesting. She's like, Oh, Oh, bigger challenge. Maybe attuned to the joy if we're getting rid of things. Yeah. That might be her sweet spot. I don't know. I, you know, one thing we didn't talk about is for your packages. And then also I think we can say for recommendations for people that you spoke to and gave them some ideas who are working towards, you know, getting the systems in place in their business. What do you communicate the time commitment to be 
for your clients. And then also like if you said to somebody, okay, you're at this level and you know, you want to start moving towards having more systems, having more alignment in your business. If you spent X amount of time per week or per month on this, this could really propel you forward. Do you have uh, recommendations? I know you for sure, you know what it's like to work with you, but do you also have that recommendation for people that would like to start uh, tiptoeing into implementing some systems in their business? Yeah. For folks that are working to build the systems, I, an hour a week per team member, if you're somebody who likes to break things out on a weekly basis, you might also say, you know, let's have a team day and and put in a five hour focus blitz once every three to four months and everybody participates. It doesn't have to be a heavy lift. It doesn't have to be something that's really all consuming from an energetic focus. I would say what is useful is sitting down and having everybody on the team write down all of the processes they own and categorize them in a spreadsheet based on what their role is. And then just step-by-step, you could identify the ones that are the highest value add and then start shipping away at those. And then, you know, worry about the ones that are less of value add, or maybe they're like, they happen less for the business. I would really focus on the ones that happen frequently and are vital for the business's operations, like get those done first and, you know, start to create some folders, like create a folder structure, get videos created. You can find SOP templates all over the internet Mm -hmm. that works for you and just start working at it. Um, It's okay. If it feels awkward, you're still probably doing it pretty well. If you want some feedback, you know, find, find an OBM, talk to me, you know, just come in and say, here's what we've done. Do you have some feedback? Like you can always book somebody for 30 mm-hmm. minutes or an hour and, and get some feedback and direction. I find that that's one of the, like with the businesses that I work with and, and even for my own development, like one of my favorite things to do is find really smart people who I can hire even for 30 or 60 minutes or even two hours and have a conversation and have them look at what I'm doing and figure out how to make it better. That's a really great way to not drop a whole lot of money and get a ton of leverage from somebody's expertise, especially like if you're somebody who's willing to go and do the work, you know, you don't need to have somebody tell you what to do if you're willing to, you know, sit down and Google and, and, you know, put some time in your calendar and do something that probably feels a little awkward because you've never done it before. But then assemble, assemble a few items, take it to somebody and say, how does this look? How could I make it better? You could do that with your social media. You can do that with all yeah. sorts of you know, marketing, advertising, PR, you know, whatever it is you want to improve, you can find somebody who's done it and done it really well and get direct feedback about how you're doing it. So that's one very specific way that I would recommend for people, for businesses that are at that point where they're ready to be like, okay, I just want to get an operations manual done. The weekly, the weekly commitment isn't massive for the main operations team member. It's usually about three to four hours a week of their time Um, from business owner standpoint. If they want to be in on weekly calls and stuff like that, it might be, might be an hour. It might be another hour of conversation um, behind the scenes about, just the systems in general and high level direction and that sort of thing. So it's not, it's not a heavy lift. The the big time investment is I always host an SOP day once every three months with the clients that I work with. And so for that SOP day, everybody on the team is expected to show up and get all of their video recordings done for any SOPs they don't have already created. And so that usually that's the heavy time investment because that ends up being you know, four to five hours for everybody on the team. And so, you know, all in that might be, let's say there's seven team members and they're doing five hours. That's like 35 labor hours Mm -hmm. uh, collectively across the team. That's a one-time thing, or it's like twice if it's a six month package. So it doesn't end up being a heavy, heavy lift. Like the biggest commitment is pulling together any pre-work for phone calls and, 
you know, if there needs to be any other internal conversations, then they're going to need to block space to do those. But most of the work takes place on the weekly calls. And then there might be like a handful, like two or three hours aside from that on a weekly basis through, through the duration. So that's yeah. what I say from that time commitment standpoint. I love it. And it really, it shows people that you can make huge impact in your business with this smaller incremental commitments. And, you know, even if, like you said, doing uh, your own version of an SOP day, whatever size business you have could buy your, you can give your team members a coffee gift certificate and meet up and, you know, spend for a smaller business, even a less amount of time, but really just get that peace of mind and get all those things documented because even just having the videos is a huge step forward and somebody can always rely on those. And then the, the written documents can come in that smaller time commitment, whether that looks like weekly or monthly, you know, whatever you want to structure. Yeah. Really good. I wonder if somebody is thinking about hiring you for this position or hiring in general for this position, what are some things that they should consider before they bring someone on? Like if you go out and you type in, obviously with the show, they'll have all your information so they could reach out to you directly. But if you were just out there and typing in systems expert, how do you find the right person to do this for your business? And what would be some red flags that if someone came to you and said, I interviewed someone who, you know, said this or did this, or they advised that the structure of the packages would look like this. And you would say, "Mm, I would, I would hesitate, or I would ask some more questions about that. Do you have any of those red flag type things? Yeah, that's a great question. I've actually not thought about that before, but what red flags that I would, well, first, let me say what I would search for and then any red flags. So what I would search for and what I search for with anybody that I'm looking to hire for anything is like, it's proof that they've done it before. So if I were to reach out to somebody, if I was like, if I was a business owner looking to hire this for myself, I'd want to reach out and say, Hey, do you have an example of how you organize SOPs? Like show me what documentation that you use to keep things like well managed, right? Because we're talking about often over a hundred documents that all need to be managed and assets that need to be collated and things that need to be kept up to date in the system for that. And so I'd be like, hey, can you send me some screenshots of of systems that you've built mm-hmm. in the past for managing this? And you know, if they can't send you at least a couple examples of stuff that looks cohesive and well thought through. I would say that's, so this is both a what to look for and a red flag mm-hmm. at the same time. I'd be looking at that. I'd be looking, I'd be looking for somebody who comes back very methodically in terms of the questions they ask and, you know, are there, are there, like, is it clear that they bring a structure to their thinking processes? Mm-hmm. That's sometimes obvious in the way that they might respond to an email and like structure content or structure the way that they're communicating. You know, it's also how quickly can they turn around responses and like, is it clear that things are well organized? Like I'm always just, I would be looking for somebody bringing well thought through clear, structured, logical thinking, well organized information back, both Mm -hmm. in how they interact and then, you know, however they put information down on a piece, a piece of paper to communicate it back to you. Those are really important things. And you said it's it's okay to ask somebody whether it's this position or other positions like hey have you done this before can you show me some case studies some results i think sometimes and this might not apply to you but testimonials are obviously a thing that people have on their websites and they might have them in their portfolios and we all know sometimes those just don't tell the whole story so then how do you discern for yourself when you are bringing somebody on that they can really show up and execute in the way that you are expecting them to execute? Yeah, that's a great question and something that's, I think, a challenge for any hire. And I think getting at least an email or a phone number or two of past clients that are willing to actually have a conversation and say, hey, I worked with this person and this is what they did and these were their strengths and these were their weaknesses. You know, I I think it's, it's helpful to actually 
create a connection where there can be a conversation because otherwise you're kind of just taking their word from what's on their site, but you have no real way of proving the validity of what's there or if it was made up or, you know, obviously they're sharing the things that are their best foot forward and you don't really under, like, there's no real clear, like this was the scope of the work. This is how they helped. This is how long the engagement was like, were there issues that happened? Right. So like, you've got to be willing to dig a little bit deeper. What you were saying earlier about people rushing through the hiring process this is one of those things where it's like you've got to commit to doing the due diligence because if not, you're taking massive risks with your time and financial investments and the integrity of the business and the team. And those are all like big things to risk. You've got to be willing to email a couple of people and have a conversation. It gets worth the extra effort. Yes, I know it takes more time, but it can save a heck of a lot of time and money on the other side too. So you know, risk mitigation is something that I'm a, a big fan of, especially when it comes to hiring. And then I would also look for people that have just been in businesses. You know, I think there are people that have a, like, you know, their brains just work differently and maybe they wouldn't have had to have like on the ground expertise and, ex- and experience like doing a lot of this stuff. But I think it's, it's really helpful because you have more of and understanding what the people on the team are going through. So you bring more empathy and more understanding about how, like what's going to work and what's not going to work. And I know something that I'm continuously doing when I work with clients is just checking in and saying, what's on everybody's plates this week? Is Does everybody have space to, to work on this stuff? Like, do we need to push things back a week? Like, do we need to pause on certain things? Do we need to like front load things, right? So it's always... And understanding, like trying to get as much information as you can about the way their system is operating as a whole, as a business entity, and what people might need in terms of like a little bit of leaning back or a little bit of leaning forward um, in terms of how much work is happening and what people are committing to in a certain period of time. I just think that's that's really useful. So folks that have like worked in businesses and and have an an understanding about, I think that's also very useful. The success of the projects that I've done with clients, a lot of it comes down to, I think, bringing a lot of consideration to what the team is going through. And like, is there a big launch that's happening? Is there a big event coming down? Is a bunch of new stuff being recorded for a new program? Like what else is going on, right? This like system stuff is not the only game in town. And oftentimes as important as it is, it's still not the most urgent thing or the most important thing. And so really understanding the where the system's work fits in the system in general and like understanding like what's higher, less high priority, you know, when to lean in, you know, when to let things ride a little bit or when to take a bit of a step back and say, okay, we can push this. We can push this a week because I understand that things are just a little bonkers over there for the next, you know, five or six days let's loop around to it. And then, you know, from that perspective, I know as a service provider, I'm going to be getting a better focus and energy mm-hmm. and, and they're not going to feel stressed about what they might need to do to follow through on the systems project. So. I love that. We've never had that conversation, so I didn't know that piece. And I think that's really valuable. I wonder to just to touch on something that you were talking about, I've struggled with this in my own business where working with clients, I'm very protective of their time and energy, right? Because that's that's what I'm there to do is not only support the business, but really make sure that their time and energy is spent in the best place possible and the focus. And so when prospective clients have asked, hey, can I get the contact information for one of your current or former clients so I can reach out to them and hop on a call? I have honestly questioned, like, should I do that or not? Because I know it's ultimately that person's decision whether or not they do it. But I, especially with someone I'm currently working with, I I don't want them to feel obligated to help me build my business, if that makes sense. And so I don't know if you've had that experience. And maybe it's just a conversation beforehand, like, hey, if I ever have somebody who wants to reach out to you, is that okay if we do that? But mama bear protective instincts, I think also kick in. So do you have any thoughts or people that might also struggle with balancing that our clients time and energy with wanting to communicate how we could serve someone else? 
Yeah. So absolutely. I think it all comes down to consent. And so I do ask I'm like, Hey, if there's ever anybody who wants to come and a lot of them will actually just offer, Hey, if you ever need me to talk to somebody, I'm happy to do it. And like, they'll just offer, which yeah. is really cool. But I think if, if I was particularly concerned or knew that they operated in a certain way and that really wouldn't work, I might say, Hey, would you be willing to write a statement for any potential client that might be interested in my work style and kind of getting that vouch to know that they're making a, a good hiring decision? And would you be open to them sending like a one line or two line question to your email if they have it? And sometimes, you know, the answer is yes. And sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes, you know, it's like, you just work with it. You just, you know, it's, it's always like that conversation negotiation. And then if all of it's all off the table, then fine. You know, that's, that's totally cool too. But yeah, for me, it just comes down to asking for permission and seeing what feels comfortable and and doable for them in terms of saying yes or no. I love that. I know there are people listening and I think I'd be remiss in not asking you because certainly their goal is to help educate business owners and help them find the services, contractors, or providers, and other businesses that they would love to partner with. But there are also people who are probably thinking, I never knew this as a possibility, especially in the OBM space. And perhaps this is just people starting out. But when you start out and you think this is the way that OBMs operate within a business, right? They're part of the daily operations. They're part of all these different things. And so to be able to take out something that they might be really passionate about or they love, for example, the system setups and be able to build their business on that and not have to necessarily be part of some of the day-to-day. I think some people thrive in that and some people really find that they can burn out very quickly in that space. So if someone would like to think about how to build their business towards offering this as a service, where would you guide them to start? Yeah. So I, I, if you're a certified OBM, then obviously, you know, I have a a course offering a training that step-by-step exactly how to do this work. If you're outside of the OBM community, just certified OBM specifically, send me an email. I think you're providing those details. Yes. So, you know, if you're curious, reach out and we can have a, we can book a conversation. I love that. And this is a reminder that I met Justine through joining her program and it was absolutely incredible. If you're interested in this, there isn't a better way to quickly learn and can calmly walk us all through all different personality types. Like this is how you structure everything from the sales call to your packages to, to all those things. So you have done all of us such a service by taking everything you've learned, working with all these businesses and sharing them with us. So I can speak for myself when I say I'm super grateful that you were, were willing to put that together. You're so welcome. The whole process was so fun and it's great to know there's so many businesses out there who need this and I'm one person and I don't ever intend to build an agency or anything like that. And so there are definitely, I would say the demand exceeds the supply at this point. So in service to everybody, both the business owners and the OBMs and anybody who is operationally minded, who is in a good position to offer services like this, there's, there's real need for it. Absolutely. And I'm wondering as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you feel like you would like to share, you know, touching back on anything we touched on or just, you know, would like to, to end off our time together, sharing with the the people out there. Just a, a lot of gratitude and appreciation because not only for you for proposing the conversation and hosting us today in such a, a gracious and open-hearted way, also anybody listening, you know, your time is precious. You get to choose where your time and attention and focus goes. And and if you chose to sit with us here and and listen in, very grateful. I hope this was valuable for you and you were able to receive at least one thing, if not a small handful of things that are actionable and useful to where you are, either as a service provider or a business owner. And I, I certainly welcome conversations and dialogue. So feel free to reach out, even if it's just like, Hey, I'm in this place and I don't really know exactly what my next step is. You know, I'm happy to answer emails and, you know, if it warrants a longer conversation to, to book something in a little bit more lengthy. So 
that is what I would like to share. I hope you all are well and following your inspiration and allowing yourself to be intrinsically motivated and inspired by the work that you do. And yeah, just so grateful to be here for the conversation today. That's so generous of you. And I just have to say, anytime I spend in your presence, I always come out just feeling better and better for the information and the wisdom that you shared. And you're just absolutely one of the the favorite people that I've connected with online. And I'm so grateful that you were willing to come and speak about this today. It means so much. And I know this conversation will have so many ripple effects. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. It's really, really a treat to be here today.